0: It's four o'clock in Los Angeles. It's six o'clock in Chicago. And tonight in the Big Apple, it's 7 p.m. Hello, everybody. I'm Mad Dog Scipio. Welcome to What's the Buzz? America's Best Podcast. Tonight on the record with Brian Saponis, actor extraordinaire, writer, producer, director, and sometimes caterer, uh, and sometimes <laughs> a volleyball coach. And. Uh, An and all-around nice guy. Yes. But before we get to Brian tonight, I have to, by obligation, contractually, obligated <laughs> to tell everybody, I mean, she's back again. Oh Amelia <laughs> the Pitbull chap, and she's back again. How you oh doing,
1: Amelia? I'm oh, doing good. You sound so excited about that. <laughs> I'm
0: fucking thrilled you don't know. How you doing, Kenya? You, I- You're doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. How was your weekend? It was good. Stay out of trouble.
1: No, oh, yeah, tried to anyway.
0: I gotta ask your husband about that. No <laughs> uh, good. Let us get to the man of the hour. Yes. Special <laughs> guest star actor Brian Simmons. Brian, you're a returning guest on the show. Hey, welcome back. How are you, young man? How are Thank you? you.
2: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back on, Mad Dog and Amelia. I really appreciate uh, being here. Yeah, back on again by myself this time. So, uh, looking forward to the conversation.
0: The intense lights, they're down (laughs) on you now. It's it's cinematic. You
2: got to do the cinematic. (laughs)
0: Right, yeah, it's like this that, time. that cop in the last movie you played. I'm telling you.
1: Well, at least this time he's not the monster or the killer,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. No. This time we get to see you without the, the, the monster costume around. no, no werewolf, no mask, no, uh, no nothing.
2: Exactly,
0: so, Brian. Let's talk a little bit. We we got into it briefly when you were here with actor uh, Michael Parade, director Glenn Martin, and your castmates from the last two really great Glenn Martin films, The Searching and In the Shadows, and you're in both of those. Yes. And uh, and, a, and a dozen more. Actually, we're going to talk about your credits tonight, because I got a little something to say about that. No. <laughs> um, no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But uh, we get a chance to talk to you tonight a little bit one-on-one. Um, all by yourself, and when we met last, we were starting to broach the subject of how you got into acting. Um, you, your career as a volleyball player was cut short. Walk us through how you started out, uh, where your life path was going, and how the hell did you end up as an actor
2: well you know that you have all these different career iterations over your life and this is my latest but uh yeah i I guess coming out of college i i was i was a finance major actually had a a double major coming out of college of finance and anthropology if you can figure that one out um but uh yeah i had a finance degree and i was going to start using that and then um i kind of had these these two pie in the sky dreams that i wanted to do coming to college i wanted to be a professional actor at one point and i was like hey why not i want to be a professional athlete well you know the athlete had to come first because it couldn't be a forty-year-old rookie. So, sure, I ended up uh, starting my my financial career out in Philadelphia. I worked for an investment uh, an investment firm out in Philly. And
0: oh, uh, you were in my neighborhood, brother.
2: Oh, there you go. Yeah, I was out in uh, in uh, Devon, uh, PA, out by Valley Forge, out in that. I area. know it
0: well. Sure. There you go.
2: So I lived there for a little bit, and then uh, I, I did really well coming out of college in terms of volleyball. Got hooked up a little bit with the national team, and and had some some tryouts with them. And I realized, you know what, I, I might have a, a an opportunity to do something. Well, there's nothing here in, in the States in terms of being able to do anything professional volleyball. So people either go to Europe, to the to, to Japan or down to South America. Mm-hmm. So I said, what the heck, I'm going to try and do this. And uh, it, it's like saying, okay, I now want to fly to the moon. H- how do I do that? Because there's no, it's not like, you know, NFL or NBA or anything where you've got this whole draft thing set up. You got to kind of yeah. find your own way, so to speak. And uh, sure. So once I said I want to do it, I just started talking to people and, and got hooked up with a, a guy in California. Um, it was kind of funny. So I, I, I get this name and number of this, this guy in California, and I give him a call. I say, hey, hi, I'm Brian Saponis. I'm real excited. I'm, I'm, I want to play pro volleyball in Europe, and can you help me do that? Because apparently he had all these contacts and ended up uh, – he, he's kind of like, hey, I, I don't uh, really know you from Adam. why would I help you out? I have a reputation to uphold. Why would I give you all this information? So I managed to, uh, after so much time, control him into at least faxing me. This is back in the early 90s. So I faxed Mm -hmm. a list of uh, names and numbers of of coaches in Europe. So I'm like, okay, great. I got this three-page list of coaches in Europe. So I started at name one. Hi, you speak English. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it was literally to that point and, and so much I'll, i got bob bet <laughs> it didn't speak english it didn't whatever and it was it was kind of a, a a mess going through the list but i i was adamant i got to do this i want to do this and sure on the third page towards the end there was a woman's name on there and she was in switzerland so i called her up and i said hey uh, hi i'm brian's brian's bonusman This is what I'm trying to do. And and she comes back in perfect English. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I I thought I had the wrong number. Is this Switzerland? She's like, yeah, yeah." I'm actually an American. I was born in New York. And so she was born in New York. She lives in Switzerland. So I was like, great. I got somebody that speaks English. And we chatted. I looked, told her I was trying to do. She's like, let me see what I can do. So long story short, she ended up helping me get some uh, tryouts with teams in switzerland
0: so Mm -hmm. fresh
2: out of college you know my bank account is flush with cash not really but uh not
0: (laughs) out of college it's not brother (laughs)
2: no i I want to take a european trip to go try out for all these teams hey dad you want to go take a european trip with me (laughs) my dad in a bank rolling uh my trip and we went over and, and uh i had these tryouts with these teams and um yeah, ended up uh, uh, impressing a couple teams, and they offered me a contract. And uh, went over. Uh, actually, the funny thing was on that first go around That was in 1995. I came back from that, and when I got back, the guy from California who had originally contacted he called me back. I was like, "Hey, there was interesting. There, there was a team up in Norway that had heard about what you had done. And they're interested in uh, in making you a contract. Sight unseen. I was like, really." And he was talking about this team and they had qualified for the European cup, which is like the world cup of volleyball. And so I'm like, with like, I have an offer in Norway, I had an offer in Switzerland, I had an offer in France. And I ended up taking the Norway offer because it sounded so, Oh my God, I'm going to go to Norway and I'd never been there. And I'm going to get to play in the world cup of volleyball and all this fun stuff. And so I had all my work permits done through New York, through the embassy in New York and all that stuff. And the uh, contract ended up kind of falling through uh, the Norwegian contract. So I, I went, from having three contracts to no contracts within the course of a couple months. Well, and then-
0: Brian, let me ask you a question along that line. You're, you're a, a physically imposing guy. You're six, six, somewhere up there, right? Six five. You know, the air is thin where you are. There is. <laughs> so you're here, you're, you're here in Europe and yep. you're, you're, you're getting noticed and people are starting to, throw a little you know uh, attention your way contracts etc uh, again you're a big guy comparatively speaking what's the average size of a volleyball player in general and particularly in on the european league well uh, this
2: uh, i'm speaking from the the 90s the, the game has gotten a lot bigger uh, since i've stopped playing but i know for instance when i was when I was playing, I ended up getting a contract in Switzerland. and went back over and I was playing in Switzerland. And I, I, I just remember the one German dude I was up against. He was like seven feet or something. He oh, geez. What? the lights <laughs> like the lights went out when he stepped on the court. It's like he blocking out all the lights. I think the sun left. It was just he was so big. Wow. And uh, yeah, but he was just. I, I think. I mean he was on the higher end in terms of size and people were probably around six, six, nine. I mean, big middle, I was a middle hitter. Yeah. Uh, that was my position. And they were, you know, six, eight, six, nine. So like
0: the, you're talking about guys that are, you know, well over six foot. Oh yeah. On, yeah, yeah. on average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had no idea volleyball guys were, so, cause you know, mm-hmm. my background, Brian, I don't know if I, if I'd mentioned it on the show previously, but my background is professional wrestling. So I'm oh, used yeah. to being around big guys Guys that are, you know, six, eight, six, ten, mm-hmm. seven foot, three, four hundred pounds.
2: Oh,
0: and I hear a volleyball player, seven foot. Like, you know <laughs> I might be scouting him for the WW right. <laughs> well, they're they're
2: not they're not big, like a lot of them aren't big stocking guys. Like I actually coached high school volleyball in California And the one year I had two seven footers on my team. And the one guy was seven feet and he was a rail and he was so thin. Oh, wow. I don't know.
0: know, Very aerodynamic. (laughs) So at what point then in in your, in your volleyball endeavors, do you realize that either a, it's not working out or or was it that, or did you get hurt or was it something that you did on your own? You said, you know, I'm not making what I need to make here it was kind of more that uh, so I did a couple of years in Switzerland and
2: then I came back and then I went over to Ireland and played over in Ireland for a couple of years and that was uh, it was uh, 2004 mm-hmm. and it got to the point where I just said you know what love the game this game has given me so much obviously I was able to travel the world I, I met so many great people it gave me so many opportunities but sure. it was kind of kind time, to, con- time to, to to put it aside because I, I wanted to to yeah. you know now that I've done this professional uh, athlete thing. It's time for the acting thing, and so I, I remember I was living with my wife and in, in Dublin, and and we're sitting there. It's like you know what? I look at her and says, "Honey, well, it's time for the next chapter." And you she, <laughs> she know what? She yep. start to when she she hitched her wagon to me. And I said, "Well, what do you think? Let's move up to L.A. We'll go from Dublin to Los Angeles. Why not? Never been to L.A. Let's go out there and see what it's like." So exactly, sure. I, I read, Tired from volleyball and everything I did over in Ireland. We stopped in Pittsburgh, packed up the car, took two weeks, drove out to Los Angeles, and the first day I was ever in Los Angeles was the day I opened the door of my apartment. And I was like, okay, let's make this work.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. I'll tell you what, though. It's interesting that well, you could do that, first of all, <laughs> um, having no children, I'm assuming, at the time right. you had no children. Not at the time, right. Correct. Big, big difference. It makes Correct. a huge difference. Correct. Kids change the whole dynamics. Believe me, I yes, tell you, uh-huh. they do. Um, that's why I'm still doing this and not on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're hey. a big screen on my computer, though, man. Dog, you're a big screen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you go to L.A. How long do you hit the sidewalks of the uh, yeah. the city of Angels before you realize that you know maybe you first of all. What what made you think that you could even act like? Where does that confidence come from?
2: Uh, what, when or, I, or at
0: this point, Brian, are you winging it?
2: <laughs> well, it, it's it's a lot of winging it. But it, but when I'd uh, come back from from Europe a couple times, I actually had I'd tried to do some community theater here in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh to kind of see if, like you said, if I liked it, if I was any good at it, oh, if it was something sure. I wanted to pursue. and uh, I had done this this one play, the first play I ever done this it's called the course Actors show. And the play is this, it's this little vignettes of small plays within it. And the idea is this community theater is putting on this production and everybody there's taking it seriously. Like we're serious actors, but everything is going wrong. And the the humor is in people trying to play this serious theater and just things are going wrong. And I had so much fun doing that and, and realized, you know what this, yeah, this is something I want to do. And I'd done a couple more productions over the course of when I was Mm -hmm. back in Pittsburgh and, and I said, yeah, at some point, yes, I, I want to do this. So I, it it was a lot of winging it when I because I remember when I when I got to L.A. and I'm sitting there in the apartment, the first thing in the apartment, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my phone thinking, I have no idea what the hell to do. I, yeah, I didn't know. exactly. Hard. Oh I mean, you know, what I'm gonna do, walk down Hollywood Boulevard, hey, they're gonna they're gonna discover me now. It doesn't
0: quite work like that. They used to say fake it till you make it. Right? It's, I'm still faking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Right. Uh, Amelia, questions from Brian's bonus.
1: Yeah. I know that you were already in Hollywood and everything, but did you ever think to yourself, well, if do I probably go ahead and try getting a job in financial services at the meantime?
2: Uh, well, no, means- I, no, I, I kind of, I'm kind of of that that mindset that if you're gonna do something, do it, and because if you have a backup plan, you're gonna follow oh, your backup plan. That's right. that's it's inevitable that you. When I was working in the finance, I, I'd seen a couple of these 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 guys that I worked with, and at the time, you know, I'm just out of college. I'm like, oh, this is great, and and they're in their 40s, and they're just kind of, they're miserable. They're coming to work, they're just trudging to work, miserable because mm-hmm. they're locked into what they're doing, and I'm like, I yeah. Don't do that so if you're gonna to commit to something I was always like you know I'm gonna to commit to it fully and I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna make this work or I'm gonna die trying One absolutely you know I am so happy to hear you say that I don't I, I hate one of the things that I really hate and and I'll throw it back to you and Amelia sure. um one of the things I just don't like is when they say have something to fall back on right no I don't want to fall back on anything I want to fall into something yes Yes, you understand. Yes, it's the difference is you're going to go backwards, or you're going to go forward. I want to go forward. Oh, if yeah. I fall into shit, I'm going to hope that I come out smelling pretty. <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, if not, you get up and dust yourself off and go find the next pile of poop. I, that's
0: all. Exactly.
1: Right.
2: Precisely.
0: Go ahead, Mill.
1: Yeah, and then also I know that you want a director and a writer as well. So, did you want to be active first, or a writer, or director?
2: Yeah, I was. I was always an actor first as far as writing i mean I, i've written a couple things I'm, i wouldn't consider myself a writer i mean i can write but for me it's very tedious and i have such respect for people that can sit down and write a screenplay or a book like mm-hmm. like my, my buddy that i work with uh, jesse hutchins he can sit down and write a script and another guy mark can these guys can sit yeah. down and write scripts, and it's like God. I, I, I mean, I can do it, but it would take me. You know, they're they're knocking it out in a week.
0: I'm still like a year later, yeah. like
2: yeah, page one.
0: It's uh, really uh, a defined art. That's why, and one of the things I love about having our friend Mark Sotkin on the show because that's what he is. He's a writer. Yeah, he's a writer first. He's written Golden Girls, Laverne oh, yeah. and Shirley, oh, Charles so. and. Sh- A shit ton. He's got this guy's got such pedigree. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I asked him once, and what happens when, you know, the proverbial writer's block hits? Uh And he said he shocked Amelia and I. He says, I don't know what that is. Uh I've never had. He's never had writer's block. Wow. Never. That's, That's stunning. Yeah, He says, what happens, though? If you're a writer and mm-hmm. you're and you're overthinking ideas, walk away, have a cup of coffee, relax a little bit and then go back to it later. Yeah. You got to hit it fresh. It you're yep. absolutely right though. Mm-hmm. Writing is extremely tedious.
2: It's extremely mm-hmm. te- and and if I did that, walk away for a cup of coffee, I'd never come mm-hmm. back to it. Like, I'm going to go find <laughs> something." <else." laughs>
0: I hear you, brother. I hear you. What else you got? As far, in there? As,
2: as far as directing, I, I mean, I, I do want to. I'm actually directing a short that we're going to be doing uh, in uh, March. Oh, and, good. Uh, kind of yeah. getting. I always, I've always looked at kind of Clint Eastwood as like the the guy, I, is someone to look up to in terms of actor director because you know he started as an actor and now he's he's won yeah. major awards as a director and he's just oh so God, talented. It's just like. And he's still he's doing it in ninety three, which is amazing. So you know, he's brilliant. Oh, I love Clint. Yeah, absolutely Clint's brilliant. Was well, he brilliant.
1: one of your influences, or that yeah, you wanted to I, act because of him? Yeah,
2: he is definitely a major influence in terms of my my acting side. And then you know, ultimately, if I if I get more into the directing side, we'll see. I mean, I have no problem kind of going that path. But right now, I'm definitely more focused on being an actor.
0: Well, good for you. Let's yeah. talk about that. Um, when I had you here last, Million and I were fortunate enough to have the entire cast of uh, largely both films. Uh, we, a couple of people were missing, but we'll get to them at some point. Well, I'm sure we'll bring them back on. Um, one of the things Amelia and I were impressed is that uh, you guys, as an ensemble, and it's rare to see an ensemble get along because, you know, mm-hmm. egos and, and, for lack of a better word, you know, um, I'm trying to be nice about it. I'll be <laughs> nice. Um, the D, the diva personalities can come out, sure, uh, sure. I didn't see that and I didn't notice that when you guys were here. Mm-hmm. Is it easier for you to work with people that you know or people like uh Glenn's crew who basically you didn't know until you? You did your first film with them.
2: Well, Which is it's always hard. easier. It's always easier to work with people you know, but even regardless of that fact, I mean, to 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 meet new people on set and 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 in Glenn's instance, the, the crew that he had, had brought together and, and the cast, mm-hmm. everybody, especially on the independent film side, you've got to check your ego at the door because everybody is there trying to do yeah. for the same purpose to make a good film. And sure. if you start worrying about this person's ego or that, then the film is gonna suffer. You have to do everything you every decision you make has to be what's best for the film. If you're not absolutely. doing that, the film is gonna suck. So you know it's it's, I it's
0: absolutely it's, concur, my mm-hmm. friend. Absolutely yeah. do. You got um, we've had a bunch of actors on here. I've had directors on here, I've had writers on here. I have yet to have an actor. Define for me what they look for in a director because it's such a subjective question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you were to have an answer for that question, Brian, I say to you, Brian, who's the perfect director in your opinion? What guy do you think has the shit together? Mm -hmm. Somebody known, somebody unknown. It doesn't matter. Who are you going to say?
2: Ah, that that's is, what i that's, thought you might
0: say that's really, <laughs> the
2: reason i say that is because there's 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 several directors that i i just love what they do in general and kind of bringing them all together would make like a, a director extraordinaire i guess if you will um yeah. i know for example um well jesse hutchins who has his i work with red slate he's He's a great director in terms of being able to, to know exactly what he wants and, and and see the shots and get everything uh, that he needs from his actors. The other one that that's really good, who I'm I've worked with on a couple of films and we're going to be doing another one uh, later this year is Mark Cantu. Mark is just <laughs> he is the most efficient and and just talented in, in terms of getting what he needs quickly and yeah. quality and and just he like you know Hollywood. If they say it's going to be an eight-hour shoot, it's an eighteen-hour
0: shoot. Yeah, Mark,
2: well, you go on his set. It's a it's an eight-hour shoot. You're done in five.
0: I and hear you. Well, and, and a fun. lot of people, Brian, don't realize, and I, I I hope you can shed some light on this. I've been on a couple of film sets in my life, a couple, mm-hmm. five or six, and you spend an awful lot of time doing absolutely nothing. <sighs> You spend hours doing nothing. Sometimes it'll take three or four hours to set up a shot. Yeah, it'll take five minutes to shoot it. Right. right. Explain and, this to people they think I'm crazy when I tell them. No,
2: you're not. And, and you know, you, two hours to, to set it up, five minutes to shoot it, and 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 it's on film for five seconds. So you don't even notice yeah. all the crap they've been setting up anyway. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, I know. And I'm only, I'm speaking a lot from the independent market because I know a lot of times on independent sets you you'll get on set and there's a lot of time that's wasted and you're sitting there waiting and people are talking and they're kibitzing or they're bsing over there and they're Mm -hmm. whatever you're there to work let's get the job done get in get what we need and get out you know especially if you're on a budget or you only have a location for so much time but there is a lot of time wasted or sometimes you get you know a gaffer or cinematographer they just they want to get the lighting just right and and they move the shadow like an inch and it's like nobody's ever gonna notice that <laughs> but I, gotta get it. I, I, I appreciate the call don't get me wrong i appreciate the eye for attention to detail and the quality but there's a point where you got to sacrifice the timing of what you're doing there because the fact yeah. that what you're shooting is not
0: going to be on screen that long so just move on and get it done you know? exactly and well, on that note we are up against the hard break We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Mm -hmm. Take care.
2: wanted to start a business when something surprising happened today i'm going to teach you how to crochet she started crocheting like a lot and her friends noticed jess you need to sell those so she signed up for shopify and started building her business yes i love that
0: and after a lot of hard work this happened
1: oh my gosh I just made my first
0: sale! You see, every day, hundreds of businesses get their first sale on Shopify. we
2: got a
0: And the next could be you. So, when you're ready to bring your idea to life...
1: And become your own boss.
0: Build it on Shopify. Do you have sweaty balls? Or volleyball netty balls? It's time to make them ready balls. The Manscaped.com Lawn Mower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for a generous 20% discount. That's enter WRESTLINGFUTURE for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com And wrestling with the future, going balls to the wall with Manscaped.com. And the Lawnmower 3.0, your boss will thank you. And so will we.
1: Lagi Kasi na ang, ako na
2: Kaso lang ang lang.
1: Game?
2: Saka punta to the moon Road trip broom, broom. Scar, scar. Zoom, Boom boom. No Star skirt Zoom zoom. time better up I can help
0: What's the Balls America's Best Popcast is back with actor Brian Sabonis and Amelia the Pitbull Chapman. I am the Mad Dog, yours truly, Angelo Mad Dog DeCipio. When last we left off, Brian, you were telling us about the finer points of noodle making. Let's give me a short conversation. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're talking, we're talking about directors, um... I, I know the work of some of your friends. Is it easier to direct you because they know what how to get out of you what they want? Is that part of the, the benefit of working with a friend? And, yeah. And, and if, you, if you have to pull out that emotional core of you, can you do it for a stranger, for someone you don't know?
2: The answer to answer the first part, yes, it, it's definitely yeah, easier to work with with people you know, and they, they kind of know what to expect of you. Um, as far as the emotional side, I, it, at first, when I as a younger actor or as a newer actor, I guess I'm, I'm not young, but as a newer actor, yeah, I, I think it would have been a little harder for the emotional side to pull it out for 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 newer directors that I didn't know. But at this point now, you know, you get to point where you do it so long that that I actually look forward. To emotional stuff and, and scenes or, or, you know, getting on a, an 85 lens where things are nice and tight and you got to kind of see everything going on with you, but without overacting mm-hmm. um, and, and doing all that. So at this point, I I, I kind of relish those moments where it's like, OK, you know what? Let, let's see what, what you can bring and and get a chance to actually go there and not hold back and and just, you know, go out to the end of the branch and look behind you and start sawing off behind you and see where you fall. You know, that's that's the most yeah. fun
0: Point. Brian, you remember your your very first on screen performance? Oh, god! And where uh, was it? How you got the gig? And it, were you yeah. scared? <laughs> yeah. it,
2: it was out in, out in Los Angeles, and uh, I think it was a it was a short film. Out in, I can't remember the name of the short, but uh, I was I was playing a, um, a hitman. And uh, oh, I didn't brother, have, that's my gig. Come on, <laughs> you the, there you go. I, I didn't have a lot of lines, but you know I had some 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 interesting I'm scenes. for that. Perfect for that. <laughs>
0: Not, but for that. I know back then, brother, I'm sorry, I, got a, right? I got a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now you can be my
2: next. when we do it when I do my next uh, my next hitman? Uh, there you I'm go. There. There. there you go. I love it. Yeah, but, but it was it was a little nervous, uh, you know, when you first get out there and you're not not, you know, first of all, yeah. I, I'm brand new to LA, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. everybody out there knows what they're doing, which is a bunch of crap because
0: mm-hmm. nobody knows crazy. what they're doing in LA. Nobody <laughs> knows what they're doing,
2: even though they act like they know what they're doing. They have no idea what they're
0: doing. Nope, they don't.
2: Nope. You're, you're absolutely right. right. They have no idea, but they act. But man, they act a big. Like you said, fake it till you make it. It's like
0: off the charts. Yeah, out there. boy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: uh, it's, it was a, um,
0: it it's oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Continue. No, I'm, that's that's all I had to say it was that okay. So but the, the it's an interesting dichotomy, you know. You want this so bad, and you want not mm-hmm. to screw up so bad, yeah. But you get that first film role, you get that the, the director from hell proverbial. You never know what a director is gonna be till till he opens his mouth. Mm-hmm. He could be a, a great guy or he could be a total schmuck the entire the yep. entire shoot. But you don't know this going in. No. How did you prep yourself psychologically? Because every actor, and this is the thing about actors that I know. I know a lot of actors. Amelia and I have interviewed a mm-hmm. shit ton of them. Yourself <laughs> included and your castmates. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, Brian, every actor who I personally know mm-hmm. is quirky and weird and I'm, I'm assuming at some point that you're you look normal but i know you're not because you're an actor <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so how do you get into yourself how do you get into your own head and how do you make this thing work well the funny thing is that that's that's changed over the years as i've done
2: more and more acting i think early on you you just you you just kind of don't want to mess up i guess if you will so you're just you're so focused on what you're saying and 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 trying to be in the moment with your with your your scene partner if you're you're mm-hmm. doing that
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: at this point now it's like i i just trust that i want to be present in the moment so yeah i kind of i kind of prepare in terms of like i, I know what i want to do in the scene but it's amazing you can you can plan and prepare so much for the scene and the moment you get on set and the camera starts rolling you're it's a whole different dichotomy. And you're just like, oh it changed night and day from how you had it, like your mind's like, well, dude, I you're you're sitting there holding your little Oscar, you're like, yeah, this is gonna be great. And you're gonna say, like, uh, line? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and they're
0: like, I, I, I actually know. understand that. I did, I'm gonna give it away. I did a film years ago, it was a parody. I can't I swear to you, you, you you could probably find it somewhere on like tubi TV. <laughs> I did a film years ago, probably 35-40 years ago. It was a parody of the French connection called The Stench Collection. Oh no, <laughs> yes, sir. It was uh, it was a film, and just like it says, it was piles of doggy poo <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. And I was (laughs) ill-prepared when I signed in for this project. I was ill-prepared to understand fully what I was getting myself into. Um, I hoped that they either took my name off or changed it. (laughs) Um, But it's floating around out there in in film land somewhere. Yeah. Um, When you're approached for a film on a serious note when Mm -hmm. you're approached to do a film the first thing ordinarily you get is a script Mm -hmm. so you can see who your character is and what it's all about Mm -hmm. how long do you have to immerse yourself in a script before you say to yourself i want in Mm.
2: again that's that's kind of uh, it depends um because sometimes you you get these these scripts that uh, you start reading and you're like okay I don't want to be having anything mm-hmm. to do with that and
0: then uh, you yes. sometimes you know right away you mm-hmm. know from page one you're like nope we'll put that one in the fire put that
2: <laughs> one in the uh, circular bin and then the other <laughs> ones you you're, you're reading like I, if I get a good script I'll read it and I won't. I won't read into it. I just want to read kind of the, the high level uh, of how the story goes with the characters. all yeah. about, And then I'll read it again. And then yeah. if I'm, if I'm like reading it three or four, five times, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm digging this character. I, I like where yeah. he's going with this. I like what he's doing in it. I like kind of his, his arc, so to speak. In, in
0: terms of, does uh, it have to have a certain, there's a term they use in writing. It's called a hook. A hook does it, yeah. Does does your script have to have a certain, hook for you to say okay I'm invested now I, I think
2: a little bit yeah but I, I think in general if there's a you know regardless of what Hollywood does with, with the special effects and, and how they package the film sure. story is king if there oh, is wow. no story the, yep. the, the hope for me is the story and if there's a, mm-hmm. a right. story, you know, beginning middle and end and it, it you're, you're invested in what the characters are doing and their journey yeah. That's, that frees the hooks. And if you don't have a story, mm-hmm. yeah, you can...
0: That's you can... why I love to have independent filmmakers and independent actors, directors, and writers on the show because it is a different animal than the Hollywood system. You have, I think, and this is just for me, I think you have far more leeway on an independent film than you will ever have on a studio picture. Without question, yeah. without question. Without you know, when question. you when you talk to somebody like you know, our friend Michael Pare, who was here, mm-hmm. Michael's worked for the studio system. He's mm-hmm. done the big blockbuster pictures. Mm-hmm. You heard him say it yourself. Mm-hmm. He'd mm-hmm. much yeah. rather do the because he's got more creative control yeah. over his right. the, of his his career. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know so Absolutely. how much of that factor is uh is important to you is it is it all important or is it a part of the equation
2: uh, it it's it's definitely very important in terms of of being able to to take your character and I guess fully own it and, and, and immerse yourself in it and develop it um you mm-hmm. know I, I actually have a real small little role in
0: uh Cabrini a film coming out in March uh yeah, I'm actually I'm, we were going to talk about that. I was yeah. going to ask you, um, because that's a big budget picture.
2: That's a big, but yeah, we shot uh, the, the my shoot, I was up in Buffalo, and uh, you know, it, it's I'm interacting with the the uh, the main character, the the lead the lead gal in that, and uh, but in in terms of like the the studio system, where you know, I, I was hired to do this specific role, so I got up and do this role, they they dress me how mm-hmm. I was supposed to be dressed for the time period, and in fact, they had to change it because. The original dress that i was in i was supposed to play this this uh 1800s tax cap driver so they had me dressed very formally and like no 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 he's more more kind of working class so they had to change my whole dress but
0: right no. i didn't really
2: have any say it was just like you do this and and here's your it, you know we'll yeah. see if the scene makes the uh, it makes it off the cutting room floor i don't i haven't seen the film so i don't know if, if it makes watch.
0: the cut you'll get a check <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I will. So let's all hope and do a little. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't make the cut, then you better get a check anyway for showing up yes. and doing the work. Right. Oh, I got that check already for doing the work and showing up. Oh, for the okay. Movie. There you yeah. go. I was going to say, make sure you make sure the, the check clears. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to that film. It's going to be a good. It's, it's, it's I it's, am too. It's actually, a, it's a, a a major release. It's a major yeah. studio release. So yeah. It's the same guys that
2: did uh, "Sound of Freedom." They did. Mm -hmm. did Yes. This.
0: Oh, I love that movie. I actually own a copy of that movie. It's it's a a, fantastic movie.
2: It's a fantastic movie. So I know it's gonna. It's gonna. (laughs)
0: gonna, She's gonna ask you some questions, but you never know what's gonna come out of her mouth.
2: You (laughs) behave.
1: (laughs) I know that you've always played the bad guy because I guess your height or whatever they look at you like as the bad guy type, but.
0: I think we did how could you say no? Hold on, I gotta interrupt here. Be how could you say his man played? Look, look at that face. Uh, would you be quite I'm getting to it? He's got a face you want to pinch his be, cheeks. Look at him. Would you quit interrupting <laughs> me? Look at him. To Does it. he look like a bad guy? Uh, thank you, Anita. He's a sweetheart. Uh, thank you, Anita. It's my friend Brian. He's gonna be a star. Yes. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Got,
1: you've got that face that I think would have like a leading role, character to it, like to be the, the good guy of the movie. I think they should get you for one of those movies, right? I mean, have you ever thought of that?
2: I am uh, Amelia. I will hire you as my PR, my agent. Come on, we'll Thank go you. get some Major yeah. roles, Thank lead roles for me. I've had people mm-hmm. like, why don't you Hallmark movies? I'm like, oh.
1: yeah, Hallmark Hallmark exactly. Hallmark it's the Lifetime
0: movies. Movie. Change the actors. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, you belong in the lead role. I think.
0: Well, now if you did Hallmark, you'd have to move to Canada, though. I
2: know, I know, I don't want to move to Canada. But oh, Amelia, yeah. I'm gonna—you yeah. come on, be
0: my agent. Let's go get some leads. Let's, let's do it, brother. I am—I got more connections, I got Ooh. more tentacles than an octopus. Okay. <laughs> this? Well, I need then this. give
1: him some I Lifetime can. movies. Get him some Hallmark movies. Get him some yes. lead
0: role movies. I, Absolutely,
1: I, I, I'm all for that. I'm book sure them book, book me. <laughs> See, now you tells me to book him. See that? <laughs>
0: Welcome,
1: you. Welcome Dano.
2: Right.
1: You.
0: Go ahead and questions
1: <laughs> So, um, I know that you're in LA and everything. Do you what other projects do you have besides short films? Are you gonna be directing any time soon producing any?
2: Uh, well, like I said, we're I'm directing a little short we're doing but I've got uh, I've got a few features uh, coming up mm-hmm. this year um there's a I'm doing a werewolf film uh, up in Connecticut called the, the Wolf Boy, which is going to be really interesting and a lot of fun. Oh, um, and then there's a, a, a there's another film I'm doing over the summer, uh, Don Pedro film, and then the big one that uh, we're really excited about is uh, Grind, which is coming oh. up later this year. Actually, in the process now of, of uh, the whole independent route, you know, we got to raise the money for that. We have a whole Indiegogo campaign coming on or on right now
0: uh to raise money for that I have a question about Ooh. that. Amelia, I going to I'm going to interrupt you just a second. Go, ahead, go grind, ahead. I have a question about that grind film. Yes, sir. Uh it has a 2025 release date. Why so far out? Well, we're not
2: shooting it until later this year. Uh most of oh, the film is okay. shot August of this year, so got gotcha. yeah, to be early 2025 that that comes out. But uh yeah, that's 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 our big uh, the big focus right now is, is grind because like I said, uh, we're we're trying to raise the funds for that, and it's it's got Felicia Rose in it, it's got Lynn Lowry in it, so we got some yeah. big four uh, uh, names. Oh, in
0: absolutely, it. sure. Yeah. The other thing about grind is your character. Um, I don't know. Is it kind of like a superhero character? Is that the deal here? Uh, no, he's not a superhero character. I could definitely like see that on you. But he's got like this, he's a charismatic character. Yes. Yeah. It, and I is- already see that the merch machine is, is in, oh. the merch machine is rolling. You got, you, you already have merch and you're not even shooting. <laughs> you know, we're, we're ahead of the game, Mad Dog. We're ahead of the game. But my character.
2: If you do,
1: like, I'll take a coffee cup.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, we got to check out, you got to check out our Indiegogo page. We've got all kinds of stuff. we got Wes Brant. Oh, my, yeah. my character's name is Wes Brantley. uh, yeah he's um the whole the whole basic premise of the film is the these film students are putting on this grindhouse film festival they're showing Mm -hmm. all these Mm -hmm. kind of bad films from like the 70s my character is this uh he thinks he's like steve mcqueen and and, uh, charles bronson but he's just a terrible actor um kind of bought his way into the to the film business so he kind of thinks he's great and He's doing all these real bad McQueen knockoff kind of films, (laughs) you know, and uh, so that's, so he, like I said, he's a superhero in his own mind. Um, There's things that happen later in the film with my character that are really a lot of fun, and uh, I'm I'm not going to steal the thunder on that, but. uh,
0: No, let me just say, because I don't want to give anything away. I'm just going to say this, and you'll understand when I say it. Amelia will have no idea what I'm talking about. Shut up. I love Grindhouse (laughs) movies. It was very, to me, it was very reminiscent to me. And again, this is just my quirky sense. Mm -hmm. It was reminiscent to me of Boogie Nights, and you'll understand that.
2: There you go.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There you go. It was
0: very, very reminiscent of Boogie Nights. There you go. Yeah. I read the treatment. You don't know that, but I did. Yeah. I got yeah. friends everywhere, brother. <laughs> I,
2: I don't. Mad Dog. I, I don't doubt that in the least. My Absolutely. goodness. It's going to be a fun film. It's going to be a crazy. Uh, I'm yeah, looking forward to it. One hell in a ride. Really so.
0: But like I said, we're, we're getting some am. help
2: raising some funds on that. So I oh. know on what, check out
0: our Goga page. Let me honest. tell everybody a little bit about Prime. Brian. Brian opponents had a couple of different professions before acting, including jobs in the financial services racket and a career in pro volleyball that took him to lands far away. Ryan retired from volleyball in 2004, moved to L.A. to pursue a full-time career in acting. He spent 11 years working in Hollywood, racking up a number of TV and film credits. In 2015, his career shifted to the East Coast and his current home city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. By the way, I have a history with Pittsburgh. And he has since worked on numerous films, TV shows and stage productions Um, in late 2019, 2020, Brian co-founded red slate films and has taken on the additional roles of producer, director, editor, and sometimes writer. Let's talk about this. Um, red slate films. Where did the name come from and who's involved in this company? Uh,
2: red slate. The name came from, we, we were looking for something different and, and, uh, I mentioned before jesse hutchins he he likes the, the color red you know it's kind of this power color so okay. i figured if we could find a color and match it with something in the film you know a slate so we're like well let's make a red slate yeah just kind of was born out of that and uh so it's me and uh, uh jesse hutchins and brian kudlesic are, are the ones that are the, the three founders of red slate films and uh yeah we've been Doing a bunch of like 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 you see on 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 IMDb, we have a bunch of shorts that we're doing, and we're mm-hmm. gearing up for it. the one that is recent uh, that we had done is almost a feature. It's uh, called "Done Waiting." It's a sixty-minute, almost feature-length film. Right. And then we're gearing up for a film called "A Quiet Town," which is this crime thriller that uh, is going to be uh, it's it's full of twists and turns and and, mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff. So that's coming uh, next
0: year. Oh, the location yeah. for uh War Between States uh looked familiar to me. shot? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. There,
2: that's an interesting story. We actually had that uh script, Jesse had that script, he had written that uh, a couple years ago. We had that kind of sitting around, and he's always like, Hey, I want to do a civil war film, I'm like that, that, that's great. But every time he has civil war, I just see dollar signs like, Oh my god, if you're gonna do a civil war film, you better do it right and make it look right, which is not yeah. cheap. So we had no, to sit it's, down. <laughs> well, it's, it's just not cheap, but we ended up uh, we had done a table read um, earlier last year for A Quiet Town. And one of the actors that, that came to help us out with the table read, he had posted a picture of him in the Civil War gear. And we Jesse, had reached out and was like, hey, what, what's going on? Well, he had done a, a, a commercial campaign for the state of Pennsylvania where he was dressed as a Civil War guy. And he's like, well, I know mm-hmm. these reenactors that that do stuff out in Gettysburg. I'm like, hmm. Huh. Because we had always had the ideas, like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get hooked up with these reenactors and just embed ourselves with cameras, you know, kind of like be flies on the wall and just shoot the reenactment? Oh, sure. Well, cool. we, we put pitched that idea to him. Like, let me talk to the guy. We got hooked up with a guy out, out in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and and pitched the idea to him. I know
0: Carlisle. It's, I know it well.
2: Right outside of Harrisburg. And yes, uh, pitched the idea to him. He's like, let me run out the fight, And next thing you know, they gave us the green light to come out last July. They do a, a huge – it was 160th anniversary of, of the Battle of Gettysburg, and they do this huge reenactment every year. So we were able to take four cameras out. We took four guys, four cameras, and they dressed us in Civil War garb, so we blended in and we walked out onto the campaign field with them and our cameras in burlap sacks so we could hide yeah. them, and we're just shooting all the, all the battle stuff. I'm like, we're just going to wrap a film around this. I don't care what happens at this point, and then <laughs> – Got all this Gettysburg, Gettysburg Battlefield. Get on. Well, it was on the Laddie Laddie Farm, which is just. So you've got Gettysburg is the, the yeah, big,
0: and then it's just a, it, it, it's adjacent to. Yeah, it's, it's got to yeah, be like basically. right adjacent to it. Yep. You say, I know that I looked at. It, I, said, I know this area. I know this place. Yeah. The what the question I asked myself was, why do I know this place? Because <laughs> it looks no. Well, there's see, people don't understand. See, I live in. New Jersey. I'm right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'm between Philadelphia and New York City, so it's uh, it, it's very convenient for me. Yeah, you're in a good spot. Um, I know Carlisle. I know Gettysburg. I know uh, the, I know the area well. Um, one of my favorite places. I haven't been there yet, but I love the scenery. Is the Pennsylvania oh, Dutch? It's Pennsylvania great. Dutch country and mm-hmm. beautiful up that way. And Carlisle is gorgeous, but. Valley Forge, Gettysburg, those the, the historical sites. If you're, if you ever get permission or a, a green light to go ahead and film up there, do it. Do it. not turn it down. Do it. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. I want to show everybody what all the buzz is about. This is what's the buzz. Well, I'm going to show you what's the buzz. I'm going to show you Brian Sapona's sizzle reel.
2: All right. Then I'm
0: going to talk to him about this stuff. Cause I have a question for you, young man. Oh, but well, let's take a look. Amelia, oh. watch this.
2: You haven't heard a word I've said. All officers under my command, probationary or otherwise, will be subject to my exacting nature. I will not yield on this. Not for a second. With all due respect, Captain, my clearance rates have improved. Marginally. It would help if I wasn't doing the work of two officers. leave Hollenbeck out of this. If he was here more... It would help none of us. Oh, I'll huff. And I'll huff, you stupid West Coast Hollywood bullshit assholes! do not your family, Ray. We are! You're the wrong side,
0: Please, don't shoot.
2: Taking you back and throwing you in the
0: stockade. Please, uh, I don't want to fight anymore.
2: You're a deserter. Go ahead for that. Will you just stop and listen? Can you get back on the phone and call your friend and, and see if he'll sit down with her? She's talented. You you see that? It's just all so familiar. James, I promise. You promised before, it's all bullshit. I I can't explain. Eight years. We've been doing this for eight years. You promise you fall off. You promise again. You fall off again. I can't do this, this anymore. This isn't what you think it is. It's never what I think it is. Psst. What do you mean you can't prove it? Isn't that your job to gather the evidence, build the case? What the hell do you think I'm doing? Staying in here like an asshole. You're just following a few more leads. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that before. Just following up with a few more- When am I getting my truck back? We all know how vivid the imagination of a child is. We found these in the bed. Seems you like to read. Whatever they told you, I just need you to listen, okay?
1: I know, Joel, honey, I know. Detective Jones was just here. He explained everything. He said, you're innocent. You can come home now. It's over.
2: I grew up in this town. I spent many, many weekends in this theater. My first kiss happened in the last row. And my... Great grandfather helped open this place, so it's it's pretty special to me.
0: Wow. So who says short features can't be exciting? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. I looked at your IMDB, probably ninety percent of that IMDB, and there's a lot of movies on there, like 98 of them, 97 of them. Uh almost all of them are shorts. A good chunk of them are shorts. Some television work, um, you know, some decent and marginal television work, but a lot of film, which I think you're really suited for film. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is the big picture eluding you? Why is the feature film eluding you?
2: That's a good question. That... (laughs) historically, yeah, that, that's been the case. But I, recently, uh, as of late, I, things have been leaning more towards the feature side than the shorts. I, I, I've i only done mm-hmm. uh, a couple more shorts. We've done shorts on the Red Slate film side, but as far as outside of that, uh, recently it's been a lot more on the feature side. But mm-hmm. historically, I I think... When I was out in L.A. getting started, the funny thing is there's a lot of shorts going on because people use those as 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 as, as is not too obvious, but people use it as a proof of concepts. So they they do a short and it's cheaper, it's easier, it's quicker to say, okay, look, here's here's what I have for a script. Here's so you have a lot of a lot of opportunity to do short films. Or when I first started, I was doing a lot of student films uh, out in Los Angeles because well, I had done this one uh, student film at the Southern Cal. Um, their mm-hmm. film school and the, the, the guy who did that he had Wyatt Russell in it Kurt Russell's son and this, yeah. German actor. and this film looked like it came out of the Warner Brothers lot it was the most amazing short film that came off and it looked like some profe- you know a bunch of professionals had done this and this kid was a, a film student it was like oh my god heck but uh, I think just just historically where, where it, it had started with with the short films it was just an easy opportunity to get a bunch of Experience and, and it get on. Probably stand. didn't hurt
0: that Kurt Russell was his father, and he's probably got a shit ton of money. That didn't hurt either. No, no, that, <laughs> yeah, that didn't hurt. Well, let's talk about that. You talked about the grind being a uh, publicly funded film. Um, what by what method are you using to um, to, to kickstart this? Uh, what kind of campaign do you have going on? Well, like I'm I said, let's we- like promote it. Let's talk about it.
2: Yes. Yeah, the campaign is out on Indiegogo. If you go out to Indiegogo and search grind, uh, we pop right up uh, and we're uh, we just met our initial goal. And right now we're shooting for our stretch goals. But uh, we've got another 30 days on the campaign
0: um, okay. to, raise, uh, to raise
2: money for this film. And like I said, it's uh,
0: a give me give me a figure. What are you look, looking to raise here?
2: Well, right now we we hit our first goal, which was twenty five thousand. Our, our okay. stretch goal, our next stretch goal, is forty five thousand, and then we have a second stretch goal of eighty five thousand. So we've got some lofty goals. Right now we're sitting about thirty thousand mm-hmm. uh, on our campaign, um, but we want to hit that. We want to hit that we We'd love to hit a hundred thousand because that would just be you know.
0: Oh yeah, sure.
2: Top, but uh, we want to hit that stretch goal. We want to hit that forty five thousand and make our way to eighty five thousand. And and we've got some. There's some really cool, fun perks out there from from. T-shirts to lunch boxes to getting on set to acting with Felissa Rose to all mm. kinds of fun stuff out there. So, uh, yeah, if people are interested, they can go check it out on Indiegogo and search Grind. Yep. And uh, it's going to be one hell of an entertaining film. I, I can I can guarantee you that because there's so much going on in the film, um, from from horror to gore to comedy to action. To, it's got.
0: I, I have that feeling. It's got. It's got the. Mm-hmm. It's got boogie nights written all over it. <laughs> Boogie Nights is an interesting. I tell you what, it's you know what it is. It kind of reminded me. The best way to describe grind, from what I read, it's Boogie Nights meets Quentin Tarantino. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, if Pulp Fiction meets Boogie Nights, um, anything that that Tarantino has done, because he's the king of grind anyway. Right. Right. He's the king of the grindhouse films. Yeah. Um. I had to actually explain to it, because she's young, you know. I had to explain to Amelia what Grind was. <laughs> yeah, sure. But okay. I'll tell you what, Amelia, because I'm a kind person. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish the last roll of questions, and then <laughs> you can send us home. And... Yeah, sure. I yes, sure. I'm going to have Brian back again. Oh, yes, what,
1: absolutely, especially when he gets that movie started to go and everything can- you, know, well,
0: you know, I'll well, tell he, you he, what he, I'd I'd like
2: I need my, my agents to bring me back on, yes. Brother, that's, I'll tell you great. what I am
0: going to do. Right now, while we're here, and you can show your buds, okay. I would love to invite you and uh, and your, your two associates on with you next time. That
2: would be great. That would be fantastic.
0: And let's, and let's uh, try to raise you some money here. Oh, absolutely. Promote and promote, promote. Okay? That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Absolutely. We, we will absolutely mm-hmm. do that. Amelia? Yes. It's all yours, kid.
1: Sure. I had just uh, another question also. It's like, you know, of all the movies that you've done or seen, is there another movie that you have liked to remake that you've
2: seen? Oh, I always get scared about remakes because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the originals. Like, my my favorite movie is Raiders of Lost Ark. Oh, yes. I would never. Anybody said I want to remake that, I'd, I'd find, i I'd track them down and I'd... Okay,
1: <laughs> here's yeah, that whip.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, no. I, just, I just, I'm always kind of like, leery of people wanting to remake originals mm-hmm. um yeah. do do original you should be <laughs> do, do original work there's there's plenty mm-hmm. enough ideas you know do make original stuff i'm not i'm not of the 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 idea of i want to remake stuff
1: oh yeah absolutely and, and also too is like um if you was to see yourself in another elite actor role uh, coming up for a feature film mm-hmm. you know right they can contact you where
2: <laughs> oh yeah uh, yes. You can uh, you can reach me on Facebook, uh, just Brian Saponis on Facebook. Uh, message me, messenger, messenger me on Facebook. Is the easy way to do it. You can look me up on IMDb and see uh, see that fun reel that uh,
0: Mad Dog had showed earlier. And, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, and, and people also, if they want, if you want to contact Brian, uh, if it's a legitimate inquiry, yeah. you can reach out to the show. We have Brian's contact information. Yep. And we will clear it with him first. And yes, right. uh, you can definitely contact Brian through the show for sure.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate
0: that. Thank you. Yes. Anytime, Absolutely. brother. Anytime. Absolutely. Amelia, what's coming up? kid?
1: Well, tomorrow we have a, a great show coming up. The changing face of Hollywood.
0: We mm-hmm. are going. You're going to like this one, Brian. Mm-hmm. We sounds- are doing the uh, we're doing a show. It's an interesting show title. It's called the changing face of Hollywood. We are doing a show on are these celebrities that we see actually real or are they cloned? Mm. Are they lookalikes? Do we really know if Jamie Mm -hmm. Foxx is really Jamie Foxx? Because he Mm -hmm. don't look like he used to. And Rihanna don't look like she used to. And Beyonce don't look like she used to. Eminem. Eminem don't look nothing like he used to. Mm -hmm. What's happening to the the changing face of Hollywood? Well, we're going to dig deep tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. That's I think I I think something's shady's afloat in Tinseltown. Oh yes. And I'm gonna pull off my mask and you'll see who I up. <laughs> no, he really it's is. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> right. ah, I have yeah. a reverse mask on.
2: I've got to pull it
0: off. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell yeah, I'm gonna have to tell tell Glenn, you know, don't do not put this man in a costume anymore. <laughs> Far too good-looking. Uh, I love Glenn. <laughs> Glenn is also looking.
2: one of my favorite directors, too, by the way. I wanted mm-hmm. to add
0: him. We have a uh, a special show Wednesday night, a professional wrestling show. We're going to talk about America's first African-American female wrestler, Sweet Georgia Brown. Her real name was Susan May McCoy, and she is forever etched in stone as Sweet Georgia Brown. Mm-hmm. And a very special guest will be joining us on Wednesday. Even the Pitbull doesn't know who that might be. And our upcoming shows, just to name a few guests, Country Music Hall of Famer Lacey J. Donton will be here. Film director Glenn Martin will make a return to the show. Yes. I'm excited to have him back. Oh,
1: absolutely. Our friend
0: uh, Jen Banco will be making... Uh, she loves it here. I really love Jen. We've had her on three times already. Um, and we will have Mark Sotkin, producer, writer, director, mm-hmm. that guy that brought you the Golden Girls, yes. Golden Palace, Charles in Charge, Laverne and Shirley, and any number of incredibly mm-hmm. prolific television shows of the 70s and 80s, and the 90s and 2000s, because he just keeps working and he right. never stops. Great guy. Good friend of ours here at the show, and uh, and I got some more surprises as planned ahead of yes. Yeah, I don't tell you everything, (laughs) people. I know you don't, (laughs) right? I tell you what happens, Brian. If I tell her, she's a blabbermouth. She goes on Facebook and she's got to tell her whole world. I have to
1: use this because he'll change his mind. (laughs) (laughs) I told her,
0: buy buy plenty of erasable pens. Spain, Brian is the, great having you here. You are my friend. You are welcome back here oh, anytime. Yes. You're no longer a guest. You are family now. Family. Thank yes. You. So you. when you get when you get that Oscar nomination, ah. Mad Dog and Pitbull be better in that speech, there, son.
1: <laughs> right here, I'll be like and Mad Dog, Pitbull, <laughs> right? I know well. when you get closer to the time where I and let it. We'll get you back on the show so you can that get some great. more. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much. For Brian Saponis, for Amelia the Pitbull Chapman, I'm Angelo, the Mad Dog Scipio. Join us tomorrow night, folks. We'll see you next time. Peace. I'm out. Bye-bye.